Hey guys, Dan here. I want to say a massive thank you to our new sponsors, Fight Fuel UK. Fight Fuel UK are a sports supplement and clothing company for the boxing, MMA, and martial arts community. Be sure to check out their great products on fightfuel.co.uk. And remember, guys, by supporting our sponsors, you support the podcast. Thank you for listening and please enjoy this episode. So here we are with Jake Wells and Dom Hattie. How are we doing, boys? How's life? With minor lockdown now, like pubs are open again. Like I see um, Dom's out and about causing trouble. What's going on there? I wasn't out and about, mate. I was at a, um, a socially distant... I was at a football club with uh, my boxing club. So it was like a little socially distanced thing. It was a better way of uh, not going to the pub and having absolutely ram. So we managed to have a few drinks and just, uh, just have a good time, but remain safe. So it was all good, mate. In case Boris is listening. What about you, Jake? What have you been up to? Uh- just weird. Do you know what? I've just been working. I've been like training in the mornings before I go to work, and I've been doing my work, and I've been training at night and the weekends. Just literally, I'm so tired. Like I just, I do a bit of training. I just want to rest. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just absolutely blitzed by the weekend. You know what I mean with my, with my week schedule. I'm just tired. So yeah, that's about it. Really rest, really. Absolutely spending <laughs> that. So what's your like work like? Is it quite labouring, quite physical? Is it like admin? What's your I don't know, what's your day to day like? Is it quite it's, uh, long? Well, like I say, I do me I do my training in the morning and uh, I go to work but my work generally it's I'm in a building game but it's not it, it it's like it changes daily. Like sometimes they might need me to do a few things and I might be labouring and just like swallowing dust all day. I mean it ain't the best thing for what I'm gonna do. But there you go. <laughs> Race build, you know what I mean? So I'll just crack on with it. I mean, this, this is it as well. It's always interesting finding that balance between, like, I don't know, real life and also the dream life of, like, training and stuff. And, again, the strength and conditioning might not be in the priorities at that point when you've got such, like, a physical, a hands-on job. So how did you guys come in contact with each other? So we uh, we had each other on Instagram. I think, you know, with these game, with the fight game, you kind of just go around and you just see each other. We're not – where we, um, where Jake grew up, I now live. And there, and also where like his missus lives is where I grew up. So we've always kind of been near each other, I think. But we just, um, he just sent me over a message the other day. It was just a video that he'd done a little, it's kind of like a little short snippet just to talk about Jake and a little bit about himself. And I already knew about him. You could see his accomplishments anyway. So instantly I was like, yeah, let's, uh, let's, have, a, let's have a chat. And we kind of just hit it off really well. So, regards to your training and like com- competition, then Jake, how did you get into it in the first place? At what point did it, I don't know, take off to the point it is now? Um, well, it was. Do you know what? The end of the, my my kickboxing career is a really funny one. It was literally a shot in the dark. I went down. Um, I went down my first kickboxing gym, and I literally just, I just went down there, not expecting anything, lose a bit of weight and that, you know, just got myself tried to get myself uh, fit you know before i even thought about competing um i had to get my get my weight down and stuff and then i i stayed with the training for about three months and i lost like loads of weight the training was so like hard like just so tough the training and then i dropped a lot of weight quite quickly and they said to me look i was about 16 they said look do you want to fight in belfast um for your first fight and i was only like three months in anyway. i don't i was i did a hardly even threw like a kick so I was like, all right, well, fuck it, you know. <laughs> I've got nothing to lose here. I might as well just get stuck in. And they was like, right, you're fighting a 32-year-old. He's had three fights, three wins, blah, blah, blah. 
And we was like, right, okay, cool. And we was like, right, you got to tell him you're, I think they'd say, say I was 18, I think. I was actually, like, younger. So I was like, you couldn't sit me in fucking juniors, you know what I mean? So it was just, they just put me in. And it went from there, really. I got the win. I got a second round knockout. And, uh, yeah, that was, like, 10 years ago. And I never looked back. And it was literally, it literally took off from there. Now, there's so much in that. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's break some of that down. It's a bit of fun with that. So, regards to like going over to Belfast in the first place, then, yeah. like, <laughs> talk me through the mindset on the way. Because, again, when it comes to these kind of spur of the moment decisions, like, yeah, let's have a go, in an ideal world, that's like an over, like a, okay, you've said yes, we're doing it straight away. Whereas, if you've got the time from saying yes to thinking about it, the whole build-up, yeah. like, what was that like? Were you still in the same kind of mindset? Was it like, oh shit, what have I signed up for? What was your kind of mindset going through all that? It was a, it was a funny one because like, it was. I think, I think when I first started like telling people I was doing, it, I bet I was like, yeah, whatever, mate. If you're going to fucking Belfast for a fight sort of thing, I was like, no, I am seriously going to do it. You know, I'm going to do this because obviously, it's quite a big thing. I think I was just, I was just young and I just, I don't know, I just, I was just fearless. I didn't care. Like, I just. I just fucking, you know, I just accepted it, you know, I just see it as I had nothing to lose, and I had to go, I was obviously really nervous, I mean, before the fight itself, and I actually, I remember looking at the guy thinking, fucking hell, this is going to be tough, you know what I mean, the hostile crowd, I mean, he had like the biggest cheer you've ever heard, I've come in, I don't think one person fucking clapped, it was just ridiculous, so I walked in there, I was like 16 years of age and I'm just looking over the room and I just thought, I'm just going to fucking, I'm going to take this kid's head off my fucking fuck this. And uh, yeah, luckily I got the, uh, I got the win and uh, it went well and uh, yeah, that was it really. But it was, it was, a, it was a, I must admit that I do look back at it now and think fucking hell, I probably wouldn't jump at something like that ever again. But the fact that I took that leap of faith quite early, I think it sort of set me up for the rest of my career. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what I love about that as well? So, that for your first fight, three months, a 32-year-old in Belfast, if they said you're going to fight another 16-year-old just down the down the road who's had no experience, you'd probably have been more shitting yourself about that than yeah. going over there and thinking, you know what? What the fuck can happen? Like, what's the worst that can happen here? Yeah, that, that was it, mate. That was it. I'll take that geezer's head off, spoken like a true martial artist. No, it, was, it, was, it weren't even that. It just annoyed me because he'd come in the ring and he was jumping around me and he kept... He kept jumping really high and like doing this fucking, he just, he was like trying to do like splits on the floor and all that. And I thought, I thought, right, okay, go on in. And uh, yeah, I was, when I was younger, I was proper like, I've like mellowed out and I was like, I'm proper fucking game, mate, when I was younger, honestly. I was terrible, mate. I love it. Absolutely love it. Uh, that's fucking quality. I have, I have mellowed out. I had to learn the fucking box properly, you know, and learn this the art of it. Because I was just used to go in there and I was just fucking, yeah. <laughs> fucking, yeah. Now that's an interesting kind of sort of thing there. Because when it comes to a lot of kickboxing, depending on the discipline, a lot of it isn't full contact. It's sort of, I don't know, more quote-unquote technical and like point scoring as such. But if you're more of a, yeah. you want to scrap and you want to brawl, wouldn't boxing or, I don't know, Muay Thai is a bit more... I don't know, aggressive sort of tick those boxes. Like, how come kickboxing specifically has been your thing? Well, kickboxing, full, I mean, you get you get the two styles. You get you got the semi-contact kickboxing, and you got the full contact kickboxing, which is just, which is you know, I've I've you know I've done I've sparred in K1, so I've sort of done sort of majority of all of them, 
and uh, full contact kickboxing is is pretty tough because like they use the shin inception. Are they using karate? Mm. Quite sort of small um, pads, but it's uh, it's pretty tough. But uh, I don't know. I just I just think I just got offered the fight and I just sort of just went with it. Do you know what I mean? I just didn't really think about it. But uh, yeah, I mean, it is it is pretty it is really tough when it's done right. It, it is it is a very it is very tough. People don't realise how um. How tough it actually is, do you know what I mean? And the low kicks are going in anyway, do you know what I mean? The amount of times you kicked up the arse, kicked to the back of the leg, kicked, do you know what I mean? Because obviously you're That's trying just to... That's just misses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's you're trying to hit like a certain target. And this is why I sort of wanted to do K1, because you've just got more to hit, do you know what I mean? Where kickboxing is above the waist and it's a bit more, you have to be a bit more um, precise with the kicking, do you know what I mean? Oh, 100%, because again, it's a lot more, I want to say tactical, a lot more... Instead of just trying to wallop someone, you're trying to like take out their base, trying to offset them and such, get the angles, everything. And when it came, so you've had the fight in Belfast, you've beaten up someone's dad, whoever it is, and then like, okay, here we are. Now what? You're Billy Big Bollocks. What's your thoughts from there on? We're thinking, okay, I'll run from the sunset. You're thinking, okay, who, who's next? What's your kind of mindset there? Sort of like, come down a lot. I was just like, I was just like, I've got to win the next one, and they're going to be like, it's a fluke. <laughs> <laughs> the next one they're gonna be like fucking hell that was a one hit wonder um yeah and uh yeah i just thought that was honestly i just wanted to just get back in there and uh, uh you know just crack on and win and win like my next fight and stuff so yeah that was my mindset coming out of that fight. i was really happy i couldn't believe it, it didn't sink in for like a couple of weeks but fucking hell did i just do that <laughs> now being like 16 at that point as well were you still at school you just finished up what were you doing at that point I was uh, I was at college at that time. Uh, was I at college? No, was I leaving school? Uh, no, I just left school. I just left school. I just left school. So yeah, I was sort of like not doing anything. It was just before I went to college. That was yeah. So yeah, I just left school. I mean, that's one way is like spending like a bit of a gap year, isn't it? Sort of you know <laughs> go over there to um, sort someone out. And that's an interesting point at that stage because again, you start getting a taste of performing and you know that kind of potential career path but again when it comes to kickboxing and other sort of you know less financially invested disciplines you don't get quite the same sort of support so what, were you, what was your thoughts from that point of view was it something you wanted to try and take on full time was it something you wanted to pursue properly or was it just something that you had to find something to pay the bills for what was your kind of it was uh, kind of... it was just it just i just really enjoyed it i just i just loved the uh, style of it and i looked up to a lot of fighters in my gym which were like world champions and stuff and i see their titles and stuff and i was like i'd just love to sort of have a belt like that you know just when a title you know to start with would just been such an amazing achievement just just to just to have that alone and i think that was been my drive all along is to to be a champion i've never been interested in you know lots of money from it which sounds a bit crazy but i just i generally just love you know the sport and i just want to do well in it i just want to be a champion but yeah my drive i think was just to seeing people like world champions and trying to be um trying to be up like one of them you know trying to trying to win a world title like they did so yeah i think that was my motivation yeah i mean it makes a lot of sense the way you're sort of saying that as well and something really important there is that you said it almost like it's meant to be silly, like you're saying you're not doing it for the money. I'm thinking if you're in kickboxing, you don't do it for the money, you do it because you love it. Like if you're there for money, you'll be there for a while, I think. But um, <laughs> it's one of those ones you sort of, I don't know, you appreciate what it is and you have your own sort of, I'm doing this because I want to be there, I want to get to this sort of stage. 
And on that yeah. point there, how did you find getting your style and getting your, I don't know, being you instead of trying to emulate someone who's already a champion? Like, how did you find your own style with that? Well, it was what in, what in terms of my fighting style as a kickboxer. Yeah, obviously, as you're like 16, sort of growing up at that stage from onwards, you then found your sort of role models there on, in the gym of people you want to emulate. So naturally, you'll start, you know, copying people, certain attitudes and things like that. How did you find finding your own sort of identity and style? I just I just think I picked up as I went along. I just used to, I used to ask a lot of questions. I was very interested in, in uh, what they'd done and how they got to where they got. And I was always asking questions. I was quite annoying. I was quite like, thing. I was constantly asking like what they'd done. And I was always, you know, I was always the first in the gym. And I was always the last one out. And you know, that's not a joke. My training effort, I think, has been the thing. I've just always enjoyed it. You know, I've always just trained really hard because I enjoy it. So, so I can enjoy it. And I quite enjoy the conditioning side of it as well. Because um, when I went down, that gym when I first started, they started like hitting me in the stomach and conditioning me. And I literally looked, I literally didn't know what was going on. Like, I was like, this is like mental. Like, I, I didn't understand it. Why? I was like, why is he like punching me? And I just got to like stand there and take it. But I didn't understand, you know. Like, he was like, put your hands up. And uh, I'm like, okay. And then there were like two of them on you. And he used to do this thing called two on one. And like, you'd be in there with two like, two really good fighters. And you know what I mean? You literally, you know, you're like fighting for your life. Do you know what I mean? And that was just standard training. Like, so when you got in the ring, it was just, you know, you adapted quite quickly because the condition side was the main thing. Fitness and condition. You know, my trainer always said to me, never lose a fight from fitness and condition. And that was what we, uh, that's what we work on from the core up. You know what I mean? <laughs> so much in that. <laughs> like, when you say two or one, are you like sparring with two people at the same time then? What's happening with that? Well, I mean, this is, this is the thing I was talking to my missus about it, right? And literally, I used to hate it. Like, I used to, I, I used to literally get fucking shit. I used to get nervous going to train. Like, I didn't give a shit about the fight. I used to get nervous about training. And um, I'd go up there and we'd do a bit of sparring. And like, there'd be so many of us, we'd have to literally put two on one. Like, could you imagine that with two two really big hitting blokes? Because obviously my weight and that, I used to go in there with two guys and they just used to like, fuck it. And I mean, he'd be like, go, go on, it, team it. And you'd be like trying to like survive. You're ready to be going up in the air. You'd be, oh, just, yeah, it's just crazy, mate. Not looking back at it. But yeah, that's, that was our methods to condition us and get us ready for, for, for the fights. The fights coming up. Now, <laughs> that, that's one of those kind of transition points where like people go from i don't know training quote unquote hard to smart that kind of transition there so regards to your career for where you are now how did your condition compare to that keeping that similar intensity but also being efficient with that kind of thing because again you're still like it's mental because it sounds mental are you still it, as it, mental what's your thing yeah i still do it i still do it like i always like if i'm in the gym like i always get like a guy to sort of like like low kick me like in inside outside leg you know hit my stomach. I always I always add it in it isn't so intense as it used to be because my foot it isn't such a shock to the system because I'm more sort of like used to it now do you know what I'm trying to say so it's like my body can cope when I first did it like I just it was just mental like I just it was just it was just so like tough but yeah it's calmed down in that aspect I don't do it as much because when I first started I just think I think I just I don't know, maybe add it in for me, I don't know. <laughs> it was always really hard. <laughs> it was always really tough. But it yeah. does get quite sadistic at some point. So like, I can't, you hit me in the stomach, then my legs, make sure I'm all battered and bruised, and here we are. 
then you know what, yeah. buy me dinner and then we have a sorted. It's one of those ones. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like with my when Mrs. come and watch me like trying. She's like she's like, why do you keep getting the right to hit you? I was like, well, so you know when <laughs> when when the time comes and you know someone sticks it on me, I've got you know I've got a chance of you know being able to take it because that's what it basically is, isn't it? It's being able to sort of take it and keep going, isn't it? Really. I mean, you'd hope so. I mean, this is what they tell you. I mean, <laughs> there's no real way of proofing it. <laughs> like, this is the idea. You'd hope it is, or just some trainers who get really fucking angry think, you know what? <laughs> you know, this is for your own good. This is trying to sort you out almost, or something like that. Yeah, I, 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 sometimes I wonder is, is, is if did the trainers have it in for me? Because it was just like, I used to always get a little bit more than the others as well. I used to notice that. I used to get a few more, like, punches, a few more, like, kicks. And uh, my trainer as well, you're going to think I'm lying here, and I swear to God, right, he used to have this four-by-two bit of wood, right, and he used to itch in the stump with it, and I, was, and I ain't joking you, and I'm telling you now, whoever used to train me will back that up, I mean, when this woody, mate, when this thing used to come out, mate, honestly, it'd be like, right, who's, who wants it? And, like, you're dripping in sweat, right, and, you, you know, you've had a two-hour session, and you can barely, like, even see and he gets his thing out and he starts like, trying to eat with it. It's just crazy, man, honestly. So, because like, he was from like a karate background, so he had that sort of hardcore sort of conditioning side to him anyway. Do you know what I mean? Sounds like a broken blood. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> he just gets like a baseball bat. Like, there you are, mate. I sort you out. <laughs> mate, I, I, I literally couldn't believe what, like, when I met this guy, I literally couldn't believe what I was seeing. Like, but then he'd tell me stories of what he went through, and you thought, oh, okay, maybe. It's not as bad as what he had it. <laughs> it's not really the point, though, is it? <laughs> I think you've just been abused. I think we should take this to um, maybe a therapist's office, maybe. I'm not too sure. Maybe not a podcast, but <laughs> there's a lot of things. We'll sit you down. We'll get you a nice cup of tea and we'll have water. <laughs> no, but... it's never, it's never used to just sort of like think, but you, you know, it asks you, you go, yeah, yeah, and you're just thinking, oh, I don't need this. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you always agree so yeah you always agree again I, I think that's another conversation <laughs> so let's try and steer this a little bit so your weight cutting and things like that did you cut a lot to compete normally are you walking around what you fight at what's your normal experience um, I, this is the thing I fought between 72 kilos all the way up to 82 so you know divided the fight but if I, I usually try to stay around about my weight, but my, my weight cut is, I just don't eat late, and I try to sort of keep it consistent, but there's nothing worse, like going into a fight when you're drunk, like it's like the worst feeling, like you have, you've got a headache, and do you know what I mean, you just don't need that, I just try to stay within my weight, I have done a weight cut before a big one, and I just felt terrible, like it was just, I got through the fight and I won, but I just, just felt like shit, do you know what I mean, I did like a walk cut, like a, like a bit of walk cut, that was yeah. That's quite. That's uh, quite grinding. What was that water cut then? Like, what did you start? At? Like, how did you have to cut so much? Like, what happened? Well, you just, you just, you start the water intake. No, I mean, like, what, what weight did you start at? Like, how much did you have to cut, and what sort of time oh, frame? Sorry, I went right. I fought last year in November, and I was, I fought at seventy-eight. I think it was seventy-eight, and I cut down from about. Well, I must have been about eighty-eight kilos. I was heavy. I was, I was top end. I had to get this weight down. Yeah, it was it was really tough. And my son was my son was born um, three days before the fight. And uh, they rang me. He's like, "Do you want to do this?" And I'm like, "Yeah, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. You know, I'm in. The, I've got this far. I might as well just you know get on with it." And 
yeah, I got through it. But yeah, I learned a lot from that. I learned a lot from that, not to do that, not to get so heavy, not to eat so much shit and just went quiet, basically. <laughs> what are you all going at now? I'm walking, you know, I've done really well in this lockdown. I've got my weight down below 80 now. I'm about 79, 78 kilos. My fight weight, my next fight is 75. So, yeah, I've done really well, actually. I've sort of kept on it. The thing is with me, I can shoot up as quick as I can come down. Do you know what I mean? So I have to stay as consistent as possible. What's the vice? What's your normal sort of, you know, treat and stuff? Sorry? What's your usual, like, treat and stuff? What's your normal, like... Uh, kitchen mate it's just like oh it's just got to have, you have you got to have self-control in my house and if they're not nailed down yeah yeah it's just like chocolate and crisps and all that but um yeah you learn not to um you learn not to touch it you know what i mean i come in and i'm just thinking i come in like before training i just think oh you know i could just eat some shit right now but can't you know what i mean so yeah i'll just try my best but there's, there's lots of temptations in this thing i was putting that way <laughs> Don, what are you saying? What's your weight looking like? Oh wait, I'm probably like 84 right now, which is about right. I fought in Feb. I had a boxing at 17. It was meant to be 80. I weighed in at 79 and a half, but I came back from my holiday in December. Like, I think I was about 88, so I had to drop down to 88. I got from 88 to 79 in about seven weeks, but. It was fucking horrible. So when Jake was talking about that, it is tough, but I'm not going to fight. I'll probably fight about 81, 82 next time. So I'm pretty much on weight, mate. What about you, Dan? What's uh? Did you do a big water cut for your fights? Yeah, you? I'm a bit chunky at the minute. I'm about 81 this morning. I weighed myself. I had a lunchtime run, and I fight at 66. I'm planning on fighting in October, 66 again. So that's the plan. But, you know. <laughs> 66. It's Jesus, all, man. It's all muscle. Don't that's worry. It's on the arms. <laughs> Cut, mate. That's a big weight cut. Yeah. That's gonna that's gonna work, mate. Ace. Yeah, I did it and um, my last one in March because I was seventy three on no seventy I was seventy four I think. What was I, I think I was seventy one. Seventy one on the Thursday. It had to be sixty six on the Friday. I did that all in water after a water load. Bear in mind I'm like six two, so like being a Lancashire could bake and losing that much water wasn't overly pretty. I just looked gone as fuck, it was miserable. <laughs> What would you what would you eat after the fight? Oh, everything. I had so much. Oh, my brother, the absolute VIP. He's the man. We were at sort of the Edge Baston in um Birmingham, so you got this sort of dead like you know stadium food and stuff like hot dog and shit. He deliveries a katsu curry from Wagamama's. Like that is elite tier kind of like planning. <laughs> Can't even think what I had. I had. I bought them. I bought some of sweets. I bought some Swedish fish, American sweets. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's one of those ones. So, Jake, with your fight days themselves, what's your like yeah. routine? Are you quite a um, routine-based person, or is it a case to see how you feel on the day in the build-up, or is it all very much like a ritual, almost like you do every single fight the same kind of way? Yeah, well, I think when I on the well, on the day on the day of the fight, I, I try to sort of like lay down. I try to sort of like rest as much as I can. Um, and then, like, as nearer the fight, like, it's time for my time to fight, I sort of go out and because it's quite weird. Because when you go and watch a fight, it, you get quite a lot of um, emotion from it, don't you? Do you know what I mean? Mm. You can kind of, it's weird. So, yeah, so I just sort of like to relax and just sort of lay down and just sort of zap, basically. How are you like in the build up when it comes to having a fight book? Do you quite all over the place are you quite calm and not really quite nonchalant how would you deal with the build-up in a fight camp like emotionally 
I can be quite erratic. I think actually <laughs> what fighters are like can be quite sort of up and down. Like, like I can be like a yo-yo, but I can be quite hard to deal with at times. You know what I mean? But it just that's just the way it is, and it? it's just the way it cuts. You're trying hard, you're tired, you're working, you know, it's just tough, you know. You if people don't do it, they don't understand, you know. So look at you like you've got something wrong with that, but actually you're just you're just going through like hell, you know what I mean? Trying to get to this get to this point, you know. And you know, it's about peaking at the right time as well, because if you peak too early, you know, that can also be a problem because your body gets run down, doesn't it? So you've got to sort of try and be or peak at the right times as well. I mean, this is always where it gets interesting, that kind of structure as well. And on top of that is that kind of relationship with the food itself. And this is another sort of underappreciated area of it. Because when it comes to weight cutting, you get these habits of good and bad food and being in and out of shape. And then it's a case of, you know, you should be able to have the odd sort of treat meal and stuff and not feel, you know, guilty and like, you know, trying to hide it from someone. And this is where like disorders and stuff come from. This is with little things like that. Like my first podcast with um, Mickey Mills available on all streaming platforms. So I'm just going to have a little plug there. He was talking about his own weight cuts and how he sort of developed a sort of eating disorder and stuff. And it's so easily done. Like, you need to be so careful with that. And when it comes to, um, what's your usual time between fights? Is it normally back to back? Do you normally get them what camp after the next, or is it quite a big layoff in between? What's your usual? It's, it's. Uh, I mean, I've I've fought over ten years, and it's quite. It's all different. You know, sometimes it can be like six months gap sometimes it can be like two weeks gap it's it's really it, 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 it's all different you know what i mean it may be like a it's all different but i just you just got to kind of stay on it as much as you can and i think when you stay on it you can kind of get away with eating a bit of shit here and there do you know what i mean because your body's sort of in the groove of it i think it's when you're sort of coming down from a big weight and stuff do you know what i mean it's just sort of getting consistent i always find if i'm training regular I've had a couple of fights back to back. I can eat a bit more shit and get away with it. Who's told you that? Who's <laughs> <laughs> told you that? <laughs> well, I just, well, I just, well, I, just, well, I, just, well I, 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 I eat early and then fast overnight. Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I like it early and then have a big break. <laughs> His title's told him that, Dan. His title's told him that. Yeah, there we go. That's not too easy to force with the assist. That's what he wants. He's got his hair cut and he's got all the right lines. There yeah. you go. I mean, it's one of those ones, isn't it? You've got to, um, you've got to live your life as well. I mean, this is a thing. Like, yeah, you, fighting and stuff, it's a full-time thing, but you've got to live. Like, <laughs> it's all in a good living in the gym and, you know, eating your salad and crying a bit, but you have to, you know, enjoy yourself. You've got to be a person. Well, well Dan, do you believe what everything Jorge Masvidal says about his diet? Do you believe that? Or do you reckon he's just, he's just, pulling, he's just tugging on people a little bit? I don't know who um, Jorge tags, tugs on, but, you know, I think... <laughs> It's very much like he's trying to put on a bit of a front with it. And it's the same with a lot of people. I feel like it's exaggerated. I feel like, you know. So you don't think he has six Oreo cookies and a glass of milk for breakfast, no? I I wouldn't imagine a professional athlete has that every day. I'd imagine he might have it once every now and then just for a bit of, you know. Yeah, but you've got to remember these guys, these guys are training full time, you know. They're in the gym, like, for, like, five, six hours a day. You know what I'm saying? So, like. If, if we had that option, I think things would be a bit different. You know what I mean? You know, you know we got that work and stuff, so it's a little bit tougher. Yeah, yeah true. They're still performing on those sort of length of time training. Like, if you have two Oreos and shit, just because you're burning, it doesn't mean you're going to feel good doing it. But no, the thing is, though, I remember TJ Dillashaw. He said on the Joe Rogan podcast, he said he never used to care. Like, he was. this is when he beat Burrell. He said, what I ate was anything I wanted because I'd burned so much. And, like, 
he said people at Team Alpha Male would be like gluten free. Like, now nah, give me extra gluten. He, it's, some people just freak. Some people can just eat what they want and continue. It's, yeah, it's I guess that's what EPO does to you. I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't know. That's just unfair. People can eat what they want and don't put weight on. That's just like, that's just out of order, isn't it? Just yeah, yeah, anyway, that's why. I hate them people. I just wish I had that ability. That'd be great. They really would. It's like a superpower, isn't it? No, I've just got the opposite problem, you know what I mean? So. Oh, man, I'm the same. I've got to go. I'm low-carb, everything. It's horrible, but it's got to be done. Yeah. I accept it. I accept I put in the weight and I just try and burn it off. I don't I don't make exceptions. I just try and, you know, overwork. You, you can't out train a bad diet. It's all right. I don't care who tells you what. <laughs> yeah, true. Jake, when it comes to your fights, like the actual days themselves are you quite how do you like to deal with your mindset when it comes to again the nerves and taking things seriously and all that kind of stuff do you like to switch off entirely are you quite visualization based you're saying about trying not to watch the fights and trying to chill out but how do you feel with regards of getting psyched up in the like, sort of flipping that switch for when the time comes like, how do you deal with that kind of transition i the thing is with me i, I fight a lot on emotion uh, as well so sometimes it sounds a bit mad but like sometimes i might dig out dig up some of my you know not necessarily remind myself of things but I just want to I want to get I want to get rid of the demons do you know what I mean so I try to sort of you know I try to psych myself up a little bit to, to sort of get rid of it because I think you know it's the only way to, to to really deal with it isn't it really it's to sort of fight it out isn't it really to get rid of the problems that are, are in your head you know sometimes I've got things going on and I want to I want to get rid of it, you know. So that's how I that's how I channel my channel my aggression, if you like. So, is it the competition itself and like the inflicting of the pain, which is like a coping mechanism, or is it just the case of exerting that kind of emotion and energy? What is that? What does that mean to you? I just don't think there's any bigger test than getting in the ring. I just think it's the best way to to deal with everything. I mean, you put everything into it, don't you? You know, you put everything into it, and you know when. When the time comes and you've got, you know, you've got, you've got a fight, you come out that, you, you know, if you come out of that ring feeling good, I think, you know, that's, that's a massive, that's a massive plus. Regardless, you know, regardless of the decision, obviously you want to win, but you want to feel good as well, you know. And I think, I think that's what, that's what I'm looking for. I go in the ring. See, when, I, when I was asking that, the way you were kind of explaining that, it was more a case of you were trying to, I don't know, conquer a demon or overcome something. Is it a case of something specifically in the camp, something that would bother you, someone saying something, or is it a case of an internal like, insecurity? Is it something you've had beforehand? Like, what's this kind of... I, what I are you think, trying to embody as such? I think, I think, the main, you know, you want to prove people wrong. I think that's one of your main drives, because, you know, you know, you're, people, people are going to doubt you regardless of what you do, you know? But it's not like nothing in particular. I just, I don't know. I don't really know how to answer that, but I just think it's proving people wrong and stuff, really, just proving doubt is wrong, really. I'm just, you know? I think, that's a, that's it. I think that's the best satisfaction in the world, isn't it? Proving people wrong. Now, this is always interesting as well when it comes to the concept of doubters. And again, everyone's going to be, everyone's got a fucking opinion, don't they? You know, <laughs> people in the cheapest not. seats have allowed his voice and all that kind of thing. But again, it's yeah. an interesting kind of thing when you've got your own mindset. Again, you were saying how your goals sort of came from you wanted to get stuck in for a bit of fun and then you end up in Belfast and there you are. You want to okay, you want to emulate these sort of champions in the gym and get your own titles and have your own sort of name and own sort of status. And yeah. I don't know, so it's a funny one. I find it's always easier to, was it, seek forgiveness and then, was it, seek forgiveness rather than permission for things. 
Like, <laughs> you've got to just do it and see how it pans out as such. And I kind of yeah. feel people who don't want to do the same sort of thing are just, I don't know, pussies, I think, but I can't really say I mean, it. It's not, it's not really PC, is it? On the end of the day, I mean, people who don't do it just, just talk shit, don't they, at the end of the day, just talk shit constantly. And they're just, like telling you where, you know, you're going wrong and they've never had a fight in their life. And you think, how does, you know what I mean, how does this work? You know, you end up getting, you find yourself getting drawn into it at times. But I think the biggest goal is sort of proving people wrong. I think, you know, that's that's what, that's that's a big motivation for me. I think, I don't know about you guys, but for me, that's a big motivation point for me. It's proving people wrong. I get a lot from that. <laughs> you know, so. It's an interesting one. Again, this is why these conversations are so, I find them quite insightful. Because although it is similar sports, the way people identify certain elements of it almost worlds apart and again certain things that really resonate with certain people don't resonate with other people and like with you Dom with your competitions what's your main motivation as such what where do you get your fulfillment from and sort of satisfaction what's the first thing that sort of springs to mind when I'm asking you that yeah do you know it's um it's, it's to be fair it's very similar to Jake because I started it in it late it's it's a, like a vindication it's like when a you yeah, exactly. My forties, but you know, twenty. So I had my first. I had a few like like white collars back in the day, but like this year was my first with my boxing club. So at twenty seven, and oh, while well, I was like, queuing up to get um, when I was queuing up to get uh, my medical and that, one of the coaches from the other gym was like, "Oh, you, you fighting?" I I was like, "Yeah," and I, he was like, "Oh, okay, you fair at like." Bit old, in you? And I was just like, "All right, mate." I didn't even know he was some like juiced up little midget, and um. And then afterwards, he came to me after. I was like, "Oh mate, do you mind if I actually can I borrow your your uh, your pads?" I was like, "You didn't bring any pads to warm up your guy." And he he was like, uh, "No." And I was like, "Oh, all right then, mate. I completely flipped the table on him." But I was just like, "Who the fuck this guy? He's meant to be a coach, and he's he's trying to judge me for doing what I'm gonna do." So for me, it's just like proof. If anyone says you can't do it, prove it wrong. So I kind of like that I'm different. I kind of like that I started a little bit later because it makes me feel. Like, I've, I've definitely got something to prove, and that's why I, f- I fucking love it. Well, this is it. When you're in your 50s, you sort of have to, you know, make the most of your fights, and you really crack on with it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I was the 32-year-old that Jacob fought in Belfast, but... Uh... <laughs> this is it. That's square one. Here we are. <laughs> the abrupt end, your kickboxing career, but here we are. That's it. So then I come back to boxing. That's square one. Yeah, exactly. I might do saying shit and just go uh, get into BJJ eventually. <laughs> no, you're not. Uh, you know, you've got too much integrity for that, I think. Yeah, that's it, mate. No, I love BJJ. I definitely, that is genuinely something I'd love to get into as well. You know, I'll just for you uh, listen to what Dom said there. I mean, you do get some characters at these shows, don't you? I mean, the people you meet, like, honestly, it's just meant like the people that you meet and stuff. And it's just like, just thinking, literally, listen to what he just said there. Like, you. I'll never forget, I've got a funny story. I was telling Faith about this one. The guy had that, yeah, this is, this is, this is another one of my stories. Um, the guy said to me, right, can I borrow your jock strap, mate? And I went, I went, yeah, I went, I thought, you know, put it on, put it on over, over the box, you know, over the boxers, right? So, um, yeah, he took his boxers off and he stuck it on. Oh, mate. I was like, mate, are you being serious? Like, I, I, I couldn't believe what I was fucking seeing. He's like, what, what? I, was like, I went to my Jack. I went, Jack, I've got to borrow your fucking your, uh, your, your shock strap, mate. Because fuck me, I fucked with that back on. But yeah. <laughs> it's fucking, honestly, I couldn't believe it. Like, 
surprising. Oh, too. mate, you see That's some characters at these shows. Because oh, here's the thing, though. Um, it doesn't, and this is the this thing where I think any martial artist or any combat sports will see people. Doesn't matter if you're a mixed martial artist, or you're a K1, if you're boxer, if you're jujitsu, if you're judo. There are cowboys at every show or in every gym. There, or there's gyms around that are just pure cowboys, isn't they? And they are, they're an absolute joke. They're absolute freaks. You leave cowboys out of this. Yeah. <laughs> they're the best in the West. But you get, the funny thing is, especially at the amateur shows, because people are trying to find out their sort of styles and find out who they are and stuff. But that combined with nervous energy is hilarious. And like, <laughs> some of the awkward warm-ups you see and see how people do their sort of stuff. It's just so, I don't know, it's a funny one. But it makes me cringe so much. I've done it myself probably. Is people walking around pacing, trying to look mean, trying to like, you know. Psych himself, yeah, I think, oh god. Yeah, there's quite vests on, they're all good, mate. It's quite vests, and you think, oh, mate, behave yourself. Please. Have you seen my warm up? <laughs> <laughs> what are you like, Dad? You know what? I've never actually, I'm curious about it. What are you like on the lead up to a day? Are you, are you cracking jokes? Are you keeping yourself to yourself? What's your, like, your last fight? What was it like? Things I don't show up at the best of times, and that's really interesting because jujitsu comp, I'm a bag of nerves. I don't know why the MMA fights, I'm well excited. But because of, like, fights prior to that, I'd get in my own head quite a lot and I'd be quite, you know, negative, a bit of like, not necessarily, it's not I don't want to win, but I just don't want to lose. That's kind of the mindset. Whereas this time I was more proactively like thinking to myself, I'm going to have fun. I want to be here. I deserve to be here and sort of constantly telling myself this kind of stuff, just shadow boxing and trying to stay loose, but more a case of keeping stronger in my mind. And the fight prior to that, I got knocked the fuck out. So I want to make sure it didn't happen again. And <laughs> need to make sure, okay, here we are. I'm loose. I'm fine. Cardio's fine. But I tell you what, that win was the most underwhelming feeling in the world. I think I have been training for like five, six years. I've got this win. And that was just like, oh. Before my hand went back down, I thought, okay, is that it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, because this is a really interesting sort of turning point with everything. It was more a case of, I used to really put so much weight on the actual result. Whereas the transition between fights and the progression from the experiences, that is where my actual value actually comes from. Because the fight where I got knocked out, that camp, compared to my like fight before that, worlds apart, a lot more professional, and I felt what, unbelievable. Because when I got caught, I was like, okay, that's annoying. But I wasn't really that sort of broken heart. I was like, that's annoying. I want to get stuck in again. I felt I had more in the tank, so that's why I was just raring to go again. That's why I want to keep going. Because again, the pro progression and the sort of trajectory is like up there now. So yeah, it's an interesting one. It's as much as I'm a bag of nerves sometimes, when I'm confident, it depends on how the camp's been. If I know I haven't cut corners, I don't have to tell myself I've done everything. <laughs> when I'm sat there thinking, did I do enough? Did I do nothing? You kind of know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. Mate. Well, you, and also you can put it down to things. Like my fight, I um, I had a really bad chest infection, like the one just gone. And it just, yeah, you can just feel it and you're running and stuff, but you're still pushing yourself. But someone like Jake, who's won... With your with like your titles, mate. Like you know what Dan just said about when your hand, as soon as your hand goes like you're raising it down, you're kind of like, is that it? When you win a belt, is it is there one specific you like more than the others, or do you just like them all? There's um, equal. My, my best one was my um, ISKA European title. That was that was a real big. Uh, that was a big. <laughs> that was a big one for me. I, I like won and I like I fell to my knees when I won. I was like so happy. I got like all emotional. Yeah, that was a great moment because that was something I, when I first started, I always wanted, and um, I kind of achieved a childhood dream, if you like. 
So that was a big moment for me. That was a big moment. I've got it. I'll, I'll send you the video. I've got it somewhere. But yeah, I was like on the floor. Like, I was just so happy. <laughs> I mean, ISKA is like was it the biggest like kickboxing like organization. Like, because I yeah. had a guy on Paul Nichols, who's the head of um ISKA Europe. I think that's yeah. his role. I've probably butchered it, but yeah. And now they're fucking like prestigious and stuff. So that's the kind of thing that's been so significant. Like, but after you won that, then you've had this achievement. You've reached the mountain of this is a sort of childhood dream you've achieved this emotional reception, what was it like afterwards to sort of come down from that kind of reaching that peak? How did you find, I don't know, getting back in the gym and having the same kind of drive? It, it was weird because, do you know what, it was really strange with my situation because I had like a WKA European title two weeks after that fight <laughs> and it was crazy because I took both the fights in August but I just kind of, do you know, I just went with the training camp, I got on with it and they just both crept up on me and uh, I fought a guy, I fought another guy uh, in Kent um, for a WKA, Euro, uh, WKA European, and I beat him. So I actually secured the two titles in two weeks, which was never been done. Champ, champ. Yeah, I was really happy. That was, that was a great time. I couldn't like, I didn't sleep that night. I was just literally laying back thinking, fucking hell, have I done this? Like, it was just a great, it was a great uh, moment. And I was really over the moon with it. It really was a great moment. Now, this is where it gets quite interesting because obviously still working and also training and competing pretty much four times as well. How do you find... Do you think you're going to come to a point where you have to decide which one's the the priority as such? Because, again, as the competition steps up, the expectation to train more and do things differently will also step up as well. How do you find that transition as such? What, in terms of the styles, you mean, of the fighting, or, or sorry, what, what do you mean by that? So, as you progress in kickboxing, do you feel you have to get to yeah. a sort of turning point with working and changing those hours around, or is it going to be a case of see how far you can go with where you're at? And, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably, I've sort of always done it this way. You know, I've always worked and I've always trained and I've always found a way um, to, to balance it. Um, I just would, I mean... There's only a couple more fights I've got in kickboxing, and then I'm going to be going over to professional K1 anyway, and I want to do well in that as well. So I'll be moving over, but I don't really know. I mean, in kickboxing terms, I'll keep it the same with K1. I don't know just yet. I don't really know what to expect, if you know what I mean. So I'd have to play that by ear because that's very, there's, you know, it's a lot of you take a lot of trauma to the legs in that. So I don't know if I'll be able to get up, better go to work on the Monday after fighting. <laughs> On the Saturday, I don't know if I'll be able to do it, but I'll have to wait and see. But that's definitely that, that's my plan with that. I mean, that's kind of the thing when you're quite hands on, you can't sit behind a desk and sort of you know cry about your legs, you've got to you know get up and get on with it. And that's um, yeah. an interesting side to it all. And speaking about like how being that busy all the time, like the busiest man in the world is Jack Mason. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with him, professional MMA guy, coach Stone Jack, Stone Jack, of course, Stone Jack Mason. Yeah, he's my best mate now because we've done the podcast a couple of times, you know, me and him like that. <laughs> And he, he was telling me how he was. He works full time as like things. In the oh, he's quite hype in a finance like company. He coaches. He runs Cage Warriors Southeast. Um, what else he does? Is a sports management for like some of the fighters and other stuff as well. Yeah, I would say he's a part of what's Graham Boylan's management company, Refinitiv or something like that. Maybe well, his Stone Sport Management. I think it's like a, oh, yeah. a thing of that. Oh, he manages like Lee Mitchell and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, you know. Yeah, I know Lee. I'm, I'm good. Uh, I like Lee a lot. I get on well with him. Have you ever podcast with him? Yeah, I have. That was that was actually what got me onto you. Believe it or not, Lee hosting it. Hey, look at that! I, I messaged you after I saw Lee was on it. He's been on again. You'll hear that one soon. 
But um, yeah, <laughs> that's more. Uh, sorry, Jake. We'll, we'll go back to you in a minute. Me and Tom having a minute here. Just right. Right. Yeah, no, I bumped into him. I, I met Lee at um, Fight Star Championship. Is that you met like, Norbert when you met him in the toilets? Nah, I met yeah, I met Norbert. No, I met Norbert at my boxing gym. I met Amir Albazi at Fight Star, but we, we were meeting on Instagram. We chatted on Instagram, and then. I met him randomly at like because there was a guy from London shoot that was, I think it was Javid actually. So small world, guys that I manage now. So it's all small world. <laughs> it's not what you know, so you know. Exactly. But... In MMA, mate. In the MMA, in 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 combat sports world, you you're two you're two uh, people away from knowing knowing everyone. I think. Now, boys, have you had the good news today? What's that? Gyms reopening 25th of July. Oh really? That's great news. It's actually, that's good news. So, uh, including BJJ, they said all gyms. So, I'm curious as to how um how it's going to work out as a general sweeping statement, but I'll run with it while I can. So that'd be quite an interesting one. Regards to your training at the minute, Jake, what's going on with that? Are you still be able to train like under professional kind of guidelines according to Boris? Are you doing your own sort of thing? What are you doing? Well, uh, I've got like I bought a spinning bike, which was the best thing I ever did. And uh, I use that in the morning, and then after after work, I just either hit the road or I just uh, get get my mate and do some pads. I I try to train twice a day, and I've got some weights and stuff. So I'm just trying to take over, but really, I'm just waiting for the gym. Like I just love sparring. I'm just not been out sparring ages, and I'm really missing sparring. So when you said that, I literally didn't hear that news about the gyms opening. So that's really yeah, same. Actually, put me in a really good mood, actually. That's what we do on Fisticast. We bring people up now. Yeah, social media yeah. boys, Jake. Where can people find you? He was hating it the whole of this episode until you saved it at the well, end. It was like yeah. fuck. So here we goes again. Here he goes. So Jake, social media. Where can people find you on that? Uh, social media is at Jacob Wells seventy five, and uh, that's Instagram and Facebook Jacob Wells, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. I need to I need to work definitely on the old profile, but um, I'm getting there. It's all good. You get yeah, famous after I'm this. I've got, it's, it's, I've been like fighting for all these years, like, but it's just I really need to sort of work on this side of it. And this is why, um, luckily, I've, I've got you know, I got to know Dom and stuff, and I'm sure he's going to help me in that area. Yeah, yeah we'll, get, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. He's, you know, it's, you know, I've got a lot. I've got a lot coming up, and uh, yeah, you know, the only way is up. Hopefully. <laughs> Dom, what about you? Social media. Social media at Stare Down Fighting, at the Stare Down, at Dom Haddy. You follow me on all of them, Dan. So you know, you know, mate. I'll let you. I'll let you share them. That's it. All be in the description. And thank you for your time, boys.